Let's pray together as we approach a posture of listening to the Lord's word today. Father in heaven, we're grateful that you are God who speaks. We're thankful for your word, and we pray now as that as we listen that your spirit would be our teacher. Instruct our hearts, O Lord, we pray. And now, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts in this place, may they be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our only redeemer. For we pray it in Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat> the other evening I was, I was reaching for a controller uh, to play some Christmas music. And around that area of our house, we have a small nativity set up. It's very simple. Various blocks of wood uh, painted with the various characters, but it was set up just right, all in the right place. And somehow as I, I reached forward to grab that controller, I brushed just the wrong piece, the wrong camel or the wrong wise men, and there was a domino effect. And in a moment, it all came toppling down. And with a sickening sense that I had just destroyed Christmas, I, I blurted out, oh no, I've ruined the nativity. It was also easy to destroy. It was also precarious and so fragile. Martin Luther's favorite Christmas story was from Luke. He preached on Luke chapter 2 about 60 times. And whenever Luther returned to consider the birth of Jesus, he marvels at the precariousness of it all. It all seems so fragile. I mean, on the one hand, we have the marked loneliness and the hardship of this couple. On account of the census, Joseph and Mary had been uprooted, and they're far, very far from their Nazarene home. Bethlehem is about 150 kilometers from Nazareth, and Joseph and Mary have traversed this distance without car, without bus. Perhaps they had a beast of burden, but it's like walking from Vernon to Oliver and Mary, all the while heavy with child. And when they finally arrive, there's no luxurious accommodation waiting for them. It's not that they have nowhere to stay. It's interesting how uh, today we read Luke, um, he puts things in a very certain way. He implies that Joseph and Mary were in Bethlehem for some time before she gives birth. While they were there, he writes, the time came for Mary to give birth. They clearly had some place to stay, and they had been staying there for some time. When Luke writes there's no place for them in the inn, he doesn't have in mind a no vacancy sign by the nearest Bethlehem travel lodge. Rather, the word in here represents a guest room in some peasant home, some peasant home evidently where they've been staying for some time. But you see, others had been staying in these quarters as well. And when the time for the birth comes, things become very crowded and uncomfortable for Mary indeed in this room, and there's simply no place for Mary to have her child. And so in the agony of the moment, they move to the only available space they can go to. They go to the lower level of this peasant home where the animals are kept. 
And there, once Mary has her baby, the only place to put him is in a feeding trough. It all seems so precarious. It all seems so fragile. It all seems so easy to topple down. The contrast to all this weakness is the remarkable display of strength and of glory above the shepherds in that field. In a moment, that drab scene of the countryside, it's transformed by this remarkable brilliance of angelic presence. And the vision of glory is so strong that night, it's so mighty that the shepherds are simply instilled with fear. What can this appearance of God mean, they say to themselves? What can it mean but our very undoing? You see, the instinctive response of these shepherds when the glory of the Lord appears is to conclude that they are undone. When the majesty of God's strength appears, all that these shepherds can think is that God has come to be our judge. And they're afraid, we read. So to assure them, the angelic preacher, he says three things. I bring you good news. I bring you news of great joy. And I bring you news for all men and all women. I tell you this, the angel says, God has not come to be your judge this evening. He's come to be your savior. He's come to rescue you. He's come to deliver you. He's come to remove you from everything that stands against you. It's good news, he says. In fact, it's the best news. And you'd think that the mighty display of angelic glory that evening would be sign enough. You'd think that it would be an adequate sign to accompany this word of the gospel you think that this incredible, luminous show of strength would be all that the shepherds need to believe the word of assurance, he's come to save you. But it turns out they need something else this evening because the angel says to them, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. A baby wrapped in swaddling cloths is nothing exceptional, but a baby born in a stable, a savior born into poverty, a savior born into our precarious and fragile experience. That's another matter. Here is a savior that is truly for them. He won't be a soft and privileged captain. He won't be an out-of-touch leader from the ivory tower. Here is someone who will recognize and understand our conflict. Here is someone who can bear our griefs and our sor sorrows. Here is someone who can sympathize with the feelings of our infirmity. Here is one, the shepherds say, who does his best work in the context of weakness and want. 
He comes into our lives, lives that can be so easily toppled down, even as that nativity scene. And he looks around at all of this precariousness, all of our trouble and all of our want and all of our brokenness. He looks at our manger scene and Jesus Christ says, this is where I can do my finest work. For I exalt those of humble estate. I fill the hungry with good things in the manger of human weakness. I perfect my strength. So brothers and sisters, this Christmas, let's make haste like the shepherds to this good Jesus who makes much out of little. And we pray together, Lord God, our gracious Father, Help us, like these shepherds, to quickly run to Jesus. And may we return, glorifying and praising God for all that we see and all that we hear and all that we will see in the coming months and all that we will hear of him in our days to come. And may the saving strength of Christ, O Lord, be made perfect in our manger today. For we pray it for his sake. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.